0: 1 Kings chapter 17, verse number 1. I love this story. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except at my word. Verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Everybody say there. There. Notice the ravens were going to feed him at a certain location. Verse 5, So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there. Everybody say there. Notice the Lord also sends him to another place. And there, at a certain specific location, is where the Bible says, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Verse 12, so she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. It's her last supper. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son." For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her, he and her household ate for many days. The bend of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Isn't that a wonderful story? It's a very troubling time in the nation of Israel when this was written. The prophet Elijah tells us that King Ahab, he tells King Ahab, I'm, it's not going to rain in Israel for several years. And the reason he told him it wasn't going to rain is, that, is because of this. Let me give you a little background. King Ahab is the king of Israel. He reigned in the northern ten tribes of Israel. He was uh, one of Israel's most powerful rulers. Many scholars say that he, chances are, was the worst king that Israel ever had. He was married, Ahab was married to a woman by the name of Jezebel. How many have ever heard of Jezebel? How many know of Jezebel? Raise your hand. Jezebel was so evil that she has come to symbolize revengeful, malicious, immoral, and cruel women throughout history. When Ahab married Jezebel, King Ahab, the king of Israel, became the first Israeli king who allied himself to a heathen through marriage. She was a pagan. She worshipped false gods. And this was the first king of Israel who ever married a pagan. She finally persuaded Ahab, Jezebel finally persuaded Ahab to start following and worshipping Baal. And he built an altar to Baal in Samaria. And he dedicated this altar to the false god, Baal. Needless to say, God was not happy with them. Remember one of the first commandments? Thou shalt have no other God before me. And yet he, the king of Israel, is starting to worship a false god. So God's not happy at all. In fact, we pick it up. Go back a chapter. 1 Kings chapter 16. Look at verse number 30. 1 Kings chapter 16, verse number 30. It says, Ahab son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, but he also married Jezebel, daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and began to serve Baal and worship him. He set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal that he built in Samaria. Ahab also made an Asherah pole and did more to arouse the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than did all the kings of Israel before him. And because of the sins of King Ahab and the subsequent sins of the people of starting to worship false God, God allowed a drought and a famine to come to the land. And as the drought began to take place... God gives Elijah, the prophet, some directives. And this is what he said to him in 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan and it will be that you shall drink from the brook. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now listen to me, saints. Regardless of the severity and poverty of the conditions surrounding your life, God has a place of blessing for you. There is always a place of blessing for the child of God. I'm going to tell you, there's days coming in America that it's not going to be as prosperous. Difficult days will come. Right now, we've, we're riding high. Right now, the jobs, there's more jobs than ever before. Right now, the interest rates are lower and more people are spending and borrowing and buying. The economy, they tell us, is doing good. But there's coming a day in America that it's not going to be as good. And there's going things going to happen in America that are going to be out beyond our control. We're not going to cause it and we're not going to make it happen. But because of sin and because of the way things happen in the world, things will change one day in America. And things will not be as prosperous as they are today. And listen to me. As it matters not the severity of the problems or the difficulties around us, God will always have a place of blessing for the righteous. He will always take care of you and I if we continue to serve Him. Listen to what the Scripture says. Here's a favorite Scripture of mine. Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down. For the Lord oppose him with His hand. Verse 25. I have been young and now am old, and I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Hallelujah. Depart from evil and do good. Verse number uh, 26 says, He is merciful and lends and His descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. Verse 28, For the Lord loves justice. Listen to this. The Lord loves justice and does not forsake His saints. They are preserved forever but the descendants of the wicked shall be caught up, cut off. Listen to the promises just in these four verses. Listen to the promise for the righteous. For those of us who know Christ as Lord and Savior. Now listen, when things get tough, or when things might be tough for you now, listen to these promises that God has promised you and I. He says the steps of the righteous, the word righteous means in right standing with God, are ordered of the Lord. That word ordered means adjusted and directed. Then he says, the Lord oppose the righteous. That word oppose means he sustains, he helps you. Let me tell you, I don't care how difficult it gets, you've got a helper in Jesus Christ. He's going to help you. Then the Bible says the righteous, I love this one, are never forsaken. How many of you have ever felt like you were alone? I have. But then I have to remind myself, the Lord said the righteous are never forsaken. And then he says this, the righteous, those in right standing, are not left destitute. They are not left destitute. You, you single moms, every day you need to remind the Lord, you said you'd never, you've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. I don't care how bad things have gotten for me and my family. I don't care what divorce has done to me. I don't care what job loss. I don't care what the economy... God, you said you've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And I'm righteous. I expect to have my needs met in Jesus' name. That's the promise of God. And then he says the righteous, those in right standing, are preserved. How many times has the devil told you? He's told me dozens of times. You're not going to make it. You're going under this time. You're not going to get through this. You're finished this time. The Bible says the righteous are preserved. There is always, listen saints, there's always a place. Everybody say a place. There's always a place of blessing for the righteous. Those in right standing with God. Let's read it again, verse 3, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 3. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan and it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Over the years I've talked with dozens and dozens of Christians who have mistakenly believed that their blessing was tied to to a specific company or a certain position. I've heard things like this. Pastor, if I could just get on with the railroad. If I can get on with the railroad, I got it made. If I can just get on with the railroad, I'll have it made. Other people have said if I could just land a job with the federal government. If I could just land a job, if I can get in with them, I've got it made. I've had people say to me, You know, Pastor, if I could just get this promotion. If this promotion would come my way, then I'd be blessed. If this promotion, or if I could just get accepted into this field of study. If the university would accept me in their nursing. If I could just get in the nursing school. If I could get in the nursing school, Pastor, I know I'd be blessed. Etc., etc. They have tied their blessings with a particular company or a particular position. And listen, we thank the Lord for good companies. And we thank the Lord for career advancements. We rejoice when promotion comes and it brings financial benefits and rewards. And we're excited to hear about our friends finding favor in a job with a company that takes care of its employees. We thank God for all of that. Those opportunities are to be celebrated. And we do celebrate this. But understand this. The place of blessing for the child of God is not confined or defined by a Fortune 500 company or having an acumen for a field of educational studies. The place of blessing for the child of God is found in your obedience. It's found in your obedience. Whether you get on with the railroad or not has nothing to do with it if God wants you somewhere else. If you and I will just be obedient to what He's called us to do in life, that will be our place of blessing. It's not, it's not, oh, if I could just get on with this company. No, it's if I can be obedient to what God has planned for my life. Let me give you a verse of Scripture that I had to learn the hard way. Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 18 and 19 says, The prophet Isaiah says this, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Verse number 19. If you are willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Isn't that an amazing verse? If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient. One talks about our motives, the other talks about our actions. If I'm willing and obedient, I'll eat what? What does it say you'll eat? The good of the land. land. You'll be blessed. What's the two requirements for blessing? Getting on with the railroad. That's not what he said. Getting on at Nissan. That's not what he said. We thank God for the railroad and Nissan. If I can just graduate with my master's degree, I'll eat the good of the land. That's not what he said. Thank God for master's degree. They're wonderful. That's not what he said. He says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. One deals with my motive of my heart, the other deals with the action of my body. Now for years, I did it this way. I didn't read that right. I I missed it. I was obedient, but I wasn't willing. I do things because I knew the Lord wanted me to do it, but I complained about it the whole time. I complained about it. Well, I'm going to leave my church and go be the district superintendent because I know that's what God wants me to do. But this is the worst job I've ever had. I can't stand this. It's driving back and forth. To and these preachers, are stupid. Every one of them are stupid. They're just stupid. They're stupid. and they're, Some of them are dishonest. I can't stand this. I, but I'm obedient. Bless God. I'm obedient to you, Lord. And I couldn't understand while I was so struggling so much. I got the obedient right, but I didn't have the willing right. And then there's others of us that have great intentions and we're willing, but we're never obedient. I talk to some of you all the time. Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I know I need to do this. I'm going to do this. One of these days I'm going to do this. You know, I need to do this. I know God's been telling me to do this. I've been stirring in my heart for the last couple of years to do this. But you never do it. You're willing, but you're not obedient. See, the Bible says it's the willing and obedient that eat the good of the land. See, the blessings, the place of blessing in your life, in my life, regardless of what's going on in this world, has to do with us being obedient. So I want to, for the next 10 minutes, because it's 12.10 and we're leaving here at 12.20 because I'm getting hungry, we're, we're, I want to talk to you about four directions to your place of blessing. Four directions. Here's how to get to your place of blessing. If I was to tell you today, hey, listen, one of my favorite restaurants up in Putnam County and up in that area is called the Bull and Thistle. Well, where's the bull and thistle? Well, you go down 96 and you go through Alexandria. You stop at the Dollar General there at Alexandria on the right, get you a Mountain Dew for the journey. And then you go up there and you get on 40 and you go east and you can get off on exit 280 and take a left. And you go down to Gainesboro, take a left, and it's at the quarter. I'd give you directions how to get to the bull and thistle. Let me tell you how to get to your place of blessing because there's always a place of blessing for the child of God. Always. Oh, well, I'm not blessed, pastor. Well, you need to find your place of blessing. Because there's always a place of blessing. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed beggar. There's a place of blessing for every child of God. So you need to find that place. But you've got to go the right direction. Here's the four directions. Number one, to find a place, our place of blessing, we often must leave our comfort zone. It's not going to be where you are right now. If you're not being blessed now, all of a sudden the blessing's not going to overtake you. You might need to leave your comfort zone. Listen to what he says to Elijah. Get away from here, verse 3. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan. He said, now, God's God. He could have blessed Elijah right there. He could have fed him water right where he was. He could have called Stuttgart those ravens to bring him food right where he was. But for some reason, God told Elijah, you've got to move. You've got to go. Why is it important to leave our comfort zone? Because when I leave my comfort zone, I'm yielding to the Lordship of Christ. When I leave my comfort zone, I'm yielding to the Lordship of Christ. The reason it's comfortable where you are is because you got it all figured out. You know how to get by. I know how to get by. I know what to do. I don't really have to pray about it. i got this thing figured out. But if I'm going to find the place of blessing, I've got to leave my comfort zone. Number two. This is so important. Don't overlook your place of blessing searching for a place of prosperity. Don't overlook your place of blessing, searching for a place of prosperity. Several years ago, we had some friends that uh, he had excellent jobs. He was an engineer. She also uh, had her own little company. They lived in a beautiful home. They had three adorable children, were doing good in school. Their family was involved in church. They were growing in their relationship with Christ and they were being a blessing in the community. And an opportunity came around that paid him more money with promises of advancement. So the husband immediately accepted the offer and it required them to move to Pittsburgh because it paid almost double. They came to see me and told me what they decided to do. I rejoiced with them over the financial increase that was promised. And then I asked him, I said, well, have you, did, you went up there, right? And they said, yeah, we went up and checked it out. We're, we're going, Pastor. I said, well, wonderful. I said, did you find a good church? I never will forget what his response. Ah, Pastor, we will find one once we get there. There are plenty of churches up there. That's what he said. They did. They left. Within two years one of their children was involved in drugs. Their marriage was on the rocks getting ready to split up. They never found a church. They were out of church now for two years. And two years later he lost his job. And they had to relocate again, just taking what was available. Listen, don't overlook your place of blessing searching for a place of prosperity. Never take a change of an assignment just for money. Oh, Pastor, this is going to be my blessing. This is going to be my blessing. If you go for money instead of being obedient to the will of God, it might be your curse. Listen to what the Word says in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise or look down on the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If God hasn't told you to go, and you go because money is saying, Come then which one are you serving? God or money? And it's tempting. I'm going to tell you, it's tempting. It's tempting. Several years ago, I had a large church in Columbus, Georgia called Amanda and I said, we want you to come. I mean, they rolled out the red carpet. They offered us a third more than we were making. Big facility. I mean, they, it, it, whatever you want, whatever you want, you tell us. If this is not a month, you tell us. You know, for, for a moment I was tempted. I said, well, let me figure this thing out here. And then when it came down to it, I realized God didn't tell me to go. See, never overlook your blessing, place of blessing, looking for prosperity. Number three, I got five minutes. Your place of blessing is located on the highway of faith. Huh. You'll never find God's blessings for your life without faith. Remember he's a faith god. He works in the arena of faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Listen to what it says, 1 Corinthians 17:3 again. Get away from here, Elijah, and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan. It will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now think about that. That takes faith. Anyone who was from that area would understand, you don't go to Cherith, the brook Cherith, in drought. The brook Cherith was known to be a wet weather creek. The only time there was water in that brook was when it was during rainy season. And God is telling the prophet, I'm sending a drought, you go to that creek. And you're going to have plenty to drink. Anybody in their right mind would know there's not water in that creek during the summer. There's not water in that creek at any other time of the year but during the rainy season. Why would God ever send someone to a creek that doesn't have water in it in drought? And then on top of that, think about this. Who in their right mind is going to expect a crow to bring them a hearty steak and biscuit in the morning (laughs) and a Wendy's number two with cheeseburger at night. It's famine. It's drought. There's no harvest in the fields. There's no food for the birds to eat. And they're going to suspend their hunger and find flesh and bring it to the prophet instead of gobbling it up before they get there. You've got to have faith to do what God's called you to do. You have to have faith. You have to have faith. I think about Mike and Doris Courtney who were with us in our first service and they started Branches Counseling several years ago. Just them two with a dream. God had put their marriage back together and they started Branches Counseling. They didn't have a bunch of money. They didn't have any money. They didn't have facilities. They didn't know anybody. They didn't have any clients. They, they just had a dream in their heart to start this counseling service. And now, ten years later, they ministered over 1,400 patients a month. Almost 20 full-time licensed Christian counselors, full-time on staff. And God told them to start, and they had nothing to start with. See, if you're going to find God's place of blessing... You've got to go by faith, not by sight. I had people tell me over and over, don't go to Murfreesboro. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. they got plenty of churches over there. They don't need another church. And that Assembly God church over there, they've never done nothing. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. But God said, go. It takes faith. And now look what God's doing. Look what God's doing. They said, don't go to All Good. All Good. I remember the, real, the one pastor told me when I went to All Good in 1983, the pastor said, God can't move in All Good, a neighboring pastor. He looked at me. I went in to see him one day. I said, I'm just here to meet some pastors. I don't know nobody. I'm 25 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know my way around town, but I saw, saw your church here. I just wanted to come in and, and meet you. He lived in the neighboring Cookville. And I went into his little office. He said, Where'd you say you were? I said, I'm in all good. He said, All good. I said, Yeah. He said, God can't move in all good. That's what the preacher said. When we had 30 people, he said, God can't move in all good. You know, after about six months, I thought, You know, he's a prophet. God can't move in all good. But then I learned, found out later he was a false prophet because God moved big in all good. Listen, anytime you get ready. Find God's place of blessing. It's going to take some faith. It's going to take some faith. We've raised a bunch of young people today that want it all done for them and not have to use faith. I had a young person tell me the other day. I said they're looking for a job. I said, well, go out there. I, I think you probably get on at Nissan. Get on at Nissan. They just graduated from the university. I said, just go out there. Get, a, get, get. Oh, I got my college degree. I, I, I'm too overqualified to work on the line. And I thought, w- what are you talking about? Overqualified to work on the line. Did you know that the, the president of Nissan started on the line? He started on the line, just worked his way up. See, nobody wants to use their faith. It takes faith. Number four. And number final, number four. This is one you're not going to like. But the ungodly cannot hitchhike with you to your place of blessing. Your vehicle's only got so many seats, and you can't take everybody it wants to go. The ungodly can't go. Listen to what the word says Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Everybody said, Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who does what? Who walks not. So, so our, my blessings, my, fi- my place of blessing is as much in what I don't do as what I do. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also does not wither and whatever he does shall what? There is a place of blessing. But you can't take every ungodly person with you. Listen to what it says. Blessed is the child of God who walks not in the counsel. That word counsel means the advice of the wicked never has ceased to amaze me that when couples start having marital problems, and you will have marital challenges. Every marriage will have some challenges. But when couples start having marital challenges, the wife and the husband go find somebody who's divorced to get counsel from. That just blows me away. Why would you do that? Find somebody who's got a strong marriage. Find somebody that God has restored their relationship and God has taught them something. Why do you you want to go hang out? There's nothing wrong with being friends with them, but don't walk in their counsel. It didn't work for them. It didn't work. Blessed is the man who walks not in the advice of the wicked. And then he says, Blessed is the believer who does not stand... In the way of sinners. The word stand literally means you come to stand there. You intentionally do it. You've been intoxicated with their reasoning and you've placed yourself along the same path and journey. You identify with their lifestyle. And that is infiltrating the church today is that there are ungodly alternative lifestyles that Christians are embracing. Every single day. And they are now standing in that lifestyle. They've embraced it. And the Bible says, if you embrace that, you will not be blessed with the blessings of God. Then the one that stirs my heart is blessed is the Christian who does not sit in the seat of the scornful. We're talking about finding our place of blessing Finding our blessed place. There is a blessed place for you. You've got to leave your comfort zone to get there. You've got to walk by faith to get there. It's not wherever prosperity dollar sign is. Don't overlook your place of blessing looking for prosperity. And the wicked can't hitchhike with you to it. Notice what he says. Blessed is the Christian who does not sit in the seat of the scornful. The word sit means you don't just get tired and sit down and leave. The word sit means it becomes your habitation. It's where you sit down. You have sit down. This is where you're staying now. You wasn't there at one time, but you've moved there to that now, and you're sitting here. It's your habitation. The word seat there. Blessed is the man who sits not in the seat of the scornful. The word seat there means government or preeminence. In other words, it means I'm right, I'm in charge, you're wrong. It's about authority. Blessed is the man who does not sit or have a habitation in the thinking that I'm right and you're wrong of the scornful. What is the scornful? The scornful means a mocker. One who mouths off and makes a mock of sacred things. Listen to me, saints. We've raised a generation of mockers in the United States of America. We've raised a generation of mockers and we promote it as free speech. It's not free speech. It's mocking. Anything holy Anything sacred, anything of value, anything of integrity, anything pure, we mock it. It's mocked. And we call it free speech. The Bible says, blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of those who mock sacred things. And that will get on you. It will get on you. And you'll find yourself... Looking down on sacred things, you'll find yourself thinking, I don't want to be an old fuddy duddy. You'll find yourself wanting to be politically correct on everything and about everything. And it's mocking, it's scornful. And you can't be blessed if you take that attitude. So, what's the four directives to blessing? To find our place of blessing, we must leave our comfort zone. Don't overlook your place of blessing searching for a place of prosperity. Your place of blessing is located on the highway of faith. It's going to take some faith to get there. And the ungodly cannot hitchhike with you to your place of blessing. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Eddie Turner. Please join us at Family Worship Center, 3045 Memorial Boulevard, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when you are in the Middle Tennessee area. You can also learn more about FWC at our website, www.familywc.com. Thank you again for listening to The Simple Truth.